Bibles to Luke chapter 1 this morning, and I thank you ladies for that song. And Luke chapter 1, we'll begin reading in verse 8 to 14, and then we'll skip down to towards the end of the chapter in, in verses uh, 34 to 44. I think one of the most anticipated times of the year is Christmas time. And I know that as a kid there was a sense of anticipation, knowing that, uh, that Christmas was just around the corner. And as a parent, there's a different kind of anticipation. Uh, you're, you're waiting for the, the children uh, now to get excited and, and, and see what, what they, they got. And, um, you know, I think many times when we are uh, in, in, a, in our present situation, when we're, especially when we're going through uh, a, a trial, we're going through some hardship, or perhaps even just going through the, the day-to-day grind of life, Sometimes it's in those situations where we can lose joy. But I think what, what Christmas teaches us is that, that joy comes as we consider and look forward to the person of Jesus Christ. And you know how it is when you're going through the daily grind of things. You, you sort of are wondering why you're doing it in the first place and, and what, you're, what, you, what life is about. Why do I have to get up again tomorrow? But then the reality is, many times what helps us is when we look forward to something. Maybe we're anticipating a break, or maybe we're anticipating a time away, maybe we're anticipating what we're saving up for, for the day that we can purchase that, or whatever the case is, but we're looking forward to something, and that fills us with joy. That fills us with more motivation to keep going. And an anticipation of something coming ahead can at times bring joy. And really what this manifests in is a sense of hope. It's a sense of hope for better days and a fulfillment of, of prayers that we've been longing for. And I think tonight, uh, today the season that ought to bring the most hope and joy uh, should be Christmas, and not because of the aforementioned anticipation of things or events, but because of what Christmas is truly about. And Christmas is about Jesus right? It's about God's promised Redeemer. And, and God Himself was come in a robe of flesh. He, he came to save the needy mankind from an eternity of sorrow, punishment, and darkness. And yet the joy of Christmas comes in the anticipation of the person of Christ. And what that is, is joy comes in the shape of hope. And so we're going to see this in the story of, of one who was a great announcer and forerunner of Christ, John the Baptist, but then also in the, the vessels that held the, the, these two, uh, these two uh, key characters in the Word of God in Mary and Elizabeth. So let's begin reading. Look at Luke chapter 1, and uh, notice verse 8. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office, and this was uh, Zechariah, who was Elizabeth's husband. Notice there, before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. So he was a priest doing his priestly duty. And verse 10, And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And at that time there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, 
and thou shalt call his name John. And notice this, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. And we understand who John is. He, he became John the Baptist. He became the great forerunner of Christ. And we already know in, in Mark chapter 6 that it speaks about how John was a burning and shining light. And we, were, we, were, uh, uh, we, were, we rejoiced in his light for a time. But we understand the, the role that he played in the life of our Lord Jesus. But here was his... his uh, He was his birth. He was where where it was announced that he was going to come to be the forerunner. And if you understand the the situation there, Elizabeth is now well stricken in age. And and for all this time, as much as they desired a child, she was barren and she, she, she longed for that and he longed for that. And here was now the angel announcing that regardless of that fact, you're going to have a child, his name shall be called John. And of course, then in that, in that uh, when, you, when you put it in context, you understand why it would bring them joy. Why that would be a joyful announcement for them that John would, would be part of their family, would be born to them. And, and we understand that, that, that you know, children, they, they, they bring joy upon their arrival. Uh, and this child, though, had this specific calling. And we won't go into detail. He's called to be a Nazarite. Uh, he, he's, he's called to be, uh, to be uh, the forerunner of Christ, to go before Him and make and prepare the way. And so he had a specific calling. It reminds me of the fact that all of us here uh, as believers, God has a specific calling for us, that even from, from the womb, God knew us and God uh, ordained us to do something for Him. And we see here John. He was born to Elizabeth, who was, really, who was a cousin to a young lady recently betrothed named Mary. And so the story continues. Look at verses 34 to 44. And notice here, here, then said Mary unto the angel. So the angel had just announced she's about to, uh, she's, she's going to give birth to a son, Jesus, who was going to be the, the redeemer. Uh, now, you know, the situation, Mary was a virgin. She, she was just engaged or betrothed to, to Joseph. And so this wasn't news that she really wanted to hear. This was going to add a complication. This was going to add unknowns in her life. And yet here we see her reception of this. And notice there, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And then notice the instruction given her, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived the son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. And so six months later, this story is happening now. This announcement is now made to Mary about Jesus being born through her. And now she's instructed about Elizabeth, that, that she was also caring, and she knew the situation. She, she knew the fact that, that they had been trying for a long time, that now she was well stricken in age, and, and now... This sudden news, she's six months expecting. And notice the next verse, this assuring verse, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And he's saying to Mary, I know your situation, and you're well aware of Elizabeth's situation, but I've made an announcement. I've declared something will happen, and nothing is impossible with me. 
Nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary's response to all of this in verse 39, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, notice that, this was Mary greeting, now knowing that she was expecting the Savior Jesus. Now she was the vessel of which God was going to use to, for, for the Savior to be birthed into the world. Notice this, the salutation of Mary. The babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. The Holy Ghost witnesses now in Elizabeth that this wasn't just a simple visit from Mary. Mary was now chosen as well to, to carry forth a special child his name is Jesus, who was going to be the Savior of the world. The Redeemer that they look forward to in His coming. And so she, 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 she's filled with this, uh, this, this sense of, of, of happiness and joy. And then notice this, And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? They were familiar. But this was different now. She was carrying the Savior and then notice verse 44, a clarification. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, notice this, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. The baby in her womb was John, the forerunner of Christ. John brought joy, but greater joy was to come in the person of Jesus Christ. There was an anticipation of joy of what was to come. And all of this was, was new for Elizabeth and Mary. Elizabeth had never been a mother. Mary had never been a mother. Uh, th there was still some unknowns to come. But what God was giving them was this, in anticipation of, of the, the birth of Christ, of Christmas, God was giving them hope. An anticipation of what was to come in the will of God. And what I'm saying today is as we look to Christmas to come, we all need hope in our day. All of us need hope. When we go through the, just, the, just the daily grind of life, when we go through the complications and the troubles of life, when we go through the daily tasks that become so menial, what we most need is something to look forward to. It's hope. We need hope. And we head into another Christmas season and there are fears that can consume us. There are situations that, that I'm probably not even privy to that you're, you're, just, you're just burdened by. There's some things that fill your heart with great trepidation and there's some unknowns that are to come maybe even tomorrow and you don't know what tomorrow holds and there's some things you're crying out to the Lord for. And what I'm saying is what, what, what we see in the story of Christmas is it's, it's joy in Jesus, but it's an anticipation of Him and His coming. And, and we're going to look at what uh, the joy we find in Christmas, really the anticipation of joy, which is hope. 
And we mustn't forget that as believers, if you're a believer here this morning, we have a very real hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have our hope grounded in Him. And so let's look at the, the lessons this morning, the anticipation of joy. Really joy, firstly, joy is formed in what God has announced and our anticipation of its fulfillment. You understand that, that these announcements came somewhat out of the blue. Uh, they, had, they, they were well stricken, which means this, they were past the time where normally uh, people can physically have a baby. They, they were no longer in that category of it's still possible. No, it was impossible now. And, and yet we see here that, that the, the announcement of the angel, it, and we know here later on as we read, if you read through that chapter, it's the angel Gabriel announcing the birth of John. It was, it was, it was somewhat an announcement, but really it was also a promise of, of a seed to come where it wasn't possible before. And then if you look at the situation for Mary, Mary was, was uh, still yet, she was a virgin. She had not known man. The, 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 the nature of that means she could not conceive, but by the miracle of the virgin birth, Jesus is conceived in her. And what I'm saying is that these, both these announcements that were made by angels, it was really concerning a future promise. In fact, it was nine months in the making for both, to be exact. And the great joy we see in Christmas is that what God announces, He fulfills. The virgin birth of Christ is one of the greatest proofs that God fulfills what He declares. And possibly the greatest verse in regard to this is, uh, is, is, is said prophetically in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Where the Bible says, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And many other times in scripture, this promise, this declaration, this announcement by God. Recorded for us in his word is fulfilled in this time of Christmas. It's fulfilled. And joy comes from knowing that what God has announced and declared and promised is going to be fulfilled. There's great joy in that. There's great joy in knowing that, that God is a kind of God that is so powerful, so trustworthy, so faithful, that when He says something, no matter how impossible and unlikely it seems, he will do it. And we see here that, 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 that many times the, the great proof of God's power, of who God really is, is in the, the, the fulfillment of His prophecies and His declarations. He says in Isaiah 46.10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. He says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. And one of the great things about the Bible is not, it's just not in, in plain black and white for us to understand, but it's, it's not just a book that we can just put on our shelves. No, it's the living Word of God, but these are the promises of the Word of God. 
These are his announcements and his declarations. And whatever he says, he will do. And, and as we think about this Christmas season and we think about what's to come and, and I don't know your situation exactly. I don't know what's happening in your life and, and I don't know what kind of fears and trepidations and concerns and sorrows and, and heartaches and, and all of those things are coming into your life. I don't know what unknowns there are in your life and, and doubtless to say there's probably things that you don't even know are unknowns. Here's what we do know. God's promises are true. And as much as we can't think beyond what is to come, let's think about the one who knows what tomorrow holds. And the promises, and joy comes from that. Joy is formed in what God has announced and our anticipation of its fulfillments. And you know this, God's promises are fulfilled despite the unlikelihood of it. I mean, how unlikely are those who are past age and a virgin giving birth? Now, that's really a rhetorical question because the answer is obvious. Nil. And yet, here, the, the comforting words of the angel, for nothing shall be impossible. For with God, in Christ, in His birth, this was fulfilled. In another situation, in the life of Sarah, who was also looking for a promised child, she says, it said here in Genesis 18, 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? And here the angel again speaking in comfort, at the time appointed I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And the reality is, if God said it, we can believe it. That's not just a catchy tune that we teach our young people in Sunday school. No, listen, if God said it, we can believe it. If God declares it plainly for us in His Word, then, then it's a reality that we can live in. And what's highly unlikely in your life? What situation do you find yourself where that's robbed you of your joy? Where you don't see an end to that, uh, the, uh, a light at the end of that tunnel? Where you don't see how you can dig your way out? Then, then I would hasten to say, look to the Word of God. Look for His declarations of who He is. Look for what He wants to fulfill in your life. You know, many times we, we get down uh, in the dumps as far as uh, what, what's happening in our lives when there's a promise of God that is yet to be fulfilled in our lives that we can cling to. What, what's highly unlikely in your life that, that God has, has a promise for in His Word? Hey, maybe there's someone you're concerned with. Maybe there's an unsaved friend or loved one. Maybe there's someone that you've been praying for, someone that you would dearly love to see get saved and you've been praying for a long time, and you've been searching for a, a way of which to present the gospel to them, an opportunity perhaps, and you long for the day where they will finally admit of their sin and their need, and you're praying, and you're praying, and you're praying, and nothing seems to be happening. Listen, there's a promise of God. He says that He is not slack concerning His promise, that all shall come unto repentance. And listen, the Bible tells us in Romans 1.16, that the gospel is the power of God and salvation. Listen, don't under, uh, undermine the fact that God has a promise for you. How many times have we seen, seen, seen people who it just seem like an impossible, unlikely thing that they would ever, ever, ever receive Christ? Maybe that was you. 
Maybe some of you, you're looking at your life now and you're, you're thinking, wow, I'm actually saved. You know, that's a good attitude. Wow. God's promise is true. And, and you know, sometimes I think, and, and like for a person like myself who grew up in the church, who grew up uh, seeing parents who serve the Lord and, and the, the Bible being open and being saved at a young age, sometimes I can take for granted the power and the promise of the gospel. But that's a promise yet that God can fulfill in your life. Maybe it's a promise of provision and you're struggling perhaps to, to do what you're supposed to do and, and give what you're supposed to give and you're struggling with that promise of provision in your life. And yet God says that He's not allowed any of the righteous to go famished. Yet He says that to reason with Him, and He says to test Him out about that. And what I'm saying is, is is perhaps you're, you're forgetting that uh, how, uh, however unlikely it is, if God gave you a promise and God declared it in His Word, then He can fulfill it in your life. God's promises are true. And God's promises really are the answers to the unknowns of life. See, one of the reasons we don't believe in God is we can't figure out how He's going to do it. And, and in fact... You can look at this passage over and over again and you can't figure out how he did that. He wrought a miracle. If you come on Sunday nights, we're going to go through the doctrine of Christmas, which is the doctrine of the incarnation of Christ. We're going to go through that in Scripture tonight and starting just a series. But you understand that it's just something that he declared and he fulfilled it. And those unknowns of life, there's a promise of God and you know, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. And maybe you can't figure it out. Maybe you don't understand how He's going to do it. Maybe you don't understand how this is all going to play, uh, uh, how all of that is going to pan out, and you've planned, and you've, you, you've been, uh, you've, You've seen it, uh, sort of all your plans go, go to ruins and all of those things that you thought were going to happen aren't happening. Then listen, trust God and His promises. And, and what hope we have in the promises of God's Word. Those things that He declares, He will fulfill. And perhaps it would be good for you and I to, complicate, uh, co to contemplate on the promises that God has for each and every one of us as we celebrate another Christmas. Because... What more evidence do we have of an unlikely, in fact, impossible promise than the promise of Christ with us? And what joy we have in the anticipation of fulfillment of His promises. Aren't you glad that, that the things that God says He will do? You know, there's many times where we say that we would do something and yet we even promise to do something and we don't do it. And sometimes we, can't, we, we sadly can't bank on, on, on words, on people's words. But recognize this, God is not like man. God is not a liar. What He says He will do. And, and, and for those of us who are struggling, who, who, who've robbed, who, who've been robbed of their joy, find some hope today in the Word of God. Find some hope in the promises and find some hope as you consider the fulfillment of the promise of Christmas. The, the second thing is this. Joy is formed really when we fellowship with those that possess joy in their hearts. 
And you understand that this, this really was a story of fellowship. Mary and Elizabeth, they just, they just heard about something that was just going to happen in their lives. And, and, you know, for a while, Mary kept it in her heart. We know that in other passages of Scripture. But you understand that, that at some point, she went and she visited six months later here for, for Elizabeth. She, she fellowshiped with Elizabeth. Here we have two ladies who have just been given great promises about their future, and they're rejoicing and encouraging each other in it. And here we have two babes in the womb, miraculously given, having joy in the very mention of their future together. And you know, some 30 years later, John would announce Jesus as the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. And, and there are people that, that, that as we get around them, there's a great fellowship there that brings joy. And let's just be honest, there are people that we look forward to fellowshipping with, and there are others that we do not. And, and are you, what I'm asking is, are you a joy giver? Do you emanate hope? You know, as a Christian, in a world that's looking for hope, are you someone who's hopeful? Are you someone that emanates joy? Are you someone that, that comes into a, a place and and regardless of the situation, because you have Christ, you have light. And you can give some joy, some refreshing. And, and here, joy is formed when we fellowship with those that possess joy in their hearts. You know, the Bible tells us, uh, when we, we looked at it last week in the, in the church in Philippi, remember the, the thoughts that Paul had toward that church. He said this in Philippians 1, for always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy. As he thought about them, he had joy. Verse 25 of that same chapter, having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. They, he wanted to have a joy fellowship with them. In Philippians 4.1, therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for, for my joy and crown. He calls him his joy and and what that tells us is that their togetherness and their fellowship, it, it produced joy. It formed joy. And, and listen, you know, sometimes it, it's sad when we share prayer requests, really what we're doing is we're sharing complaints. How about some praise? How about some joy and understand that there, there's issues and there are problems and, and we ought to be praying about those things. But how, how about something that's joyful? How about when we get together and we sing the praises of God and we get together as saints that, hey, we share a smile a little bit. That we, we, we share a warm handshake that, that's filled, that, that comes from a heart that has prayed for that brother. And what that is, it's joy forming in our fellowship. I, I wonder if our times together, in our times together, do we, are we the kind of people that suck the, the joy out of, out of the people that we get, a, get a, around with? Or are we the kind of people that emanate joy and, and fill with hope? You see, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 15, 13, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. The Bible tells us in, in, in chapter 15, verse 15, all the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. In Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Joy. And listen, I, I know that there's still problems. 
I know that there's still issues. I know that there's heartaches. But, but isn't our God and His promises, isn't He beyond and above that? Shouldn't, shouldn't our fellowship, shouldn't that be filled with the times that we have with Christ, the, the joy giver, the hope giver? Where two or three are gathered in His name, there He is in the midst of us. And, and why is it then that during our times, many times, all we share about is the problems and the complaints and how this and that. And listen, how about the joy we have in Christ? How about the joy that we can have in our fellowship together? And you know, we ought to share joy in the hope of God's promises, in the shape of God's promises. You know, how often upon our conversation with fellow Christians do we share God's promises that lifts us up? You know, from time to time, I'll I'll, I'll get an email from, uh, from different people and there's just a good thought about a passage in Scripture. I, I love getting around uh, pastors who have gone on in their ministry and are, are way, way, way older than me. But just have joy. <laughs> they, they still can, can rejoice in what God is doing. They still can rejoice in what, what God has done in their lives. And, and it's, it's based around the promises you know, Jesus did this. Look at Luke chapter 20, uh, 24. Luke 24. Luke 24. Look at verses 36 to 44. So, so here Jesus appears to them after His resurrection. And he's, He sees them along the way and in verse 36. And as they spake, Jesus Himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit and he asked them these, why are you troubled and why do your thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, that, is, that it is myself, and handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. So he's trying to prove it's him. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy. So they didn't have joy still. So he had shown them physically his hands, the, the nail prints. He's seeing them. He's trying to show them it's me. But they still had no joy. Notice this. Look what he did then. He says this, And wondered and said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of a honeycomb. They started to fellowship. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. That all things must be fulfilled. Notice this. He's going to go through the promises. Mo, uh, written in the law of Moses, in the prophets, in the Psalms, concerning me. He's saying, look at the promises about me. Look at the promises about me as Savior. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures and said unto them, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And so he goes on and he goes through the promises. And, and you see here, that what he was trying to, to form in their fellowship, using his promises, he was trying to fill that vacuum of joy in their lives. He was trying to get them back some joy. And listen, sometimes we, we are joyless because we are promiseless. In our fellowship, we don't speak about. In our, in our times together, we, we'd rather talk about other things, the weather. Our team lost last night. And all of those small talk 
How about sharing some promises of the Word of God? Hey, did you claim one today? In your reading, was there something that God showed you that was just a promise? Because the Bible's full of it. You know, we ought to share joy in the hope of God's work in our lives. And, and really, when in regard to Mary and Elizabeth, this was God revealing His work in them. And what I'm saying is take opportunity to share what God is doing in your life. You, you might fill someone with hope today. And then we ought to share joy in the presence of God in our midst. The Holy Ghost was there. You notice again in, in Luke chapter 1 that the Holy Ghost filled Elizabeth, filled her. The Holy Ghost was there. See, the Bible tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength. And many times we're weakened as Christians. Why? Because in His presence, we, we need His presence. We need joy. In Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hey, the kingdom of God is in you. Listen, if you've got Christ, if you're saved here, you ought to be the most joyful people and hope-giving people in the world. Why is it that sometimes we as Christians and we as the church, we're painted in such a negative, uh, negative attitude? Listen, where's your joy? It, it's not, it's not par for course to enter into the church house with, with sadness. We're supposed to come in with thanksgiving, with rejoicing, with joy. Is God with us? Joy. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And listen, our fellowship together ought to, ought to form joy. You know, as we anticipate fellowship this Christmas, will we be the kind that will produce joy in our gathering together? And lastly, really quickly, joy is formed when our anticipation is matched with faith that hopes. Notice here in, in Luke 1, look at verse 45. So the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And notice this. The, the, the conversation continues. And blessed, blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. But notice that blessed, blessed is she that believed. Her anticipation of what was to come was mixed with faith. You see, see, this was a this was a a, a time of joy as the lady's anticipation was matched with faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews eleven one. Now, faith is the substance of things. What is it? Hope for. Right. The the evidence of things not seen. So so the absence of hope is really evidence of the absence of faith. See, our anticipations can quickly turn to fear when not paired with faith. When we look at our situation and the unknowns of our lives and we don't pair it with faith, anticipations turn to fear, not joy. 
See, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4 too, for unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. You know why? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You know, there's people who read their Bible. There's people sitting here this morning, and they, they're, they're desperately in need of hope. But they won't mix their hearing with faith. You, you, you'll come and this is just a, a duty. You'll come and you'll think, oh, well, it's just one of the typical sermons. When we don't have an anticipation that God will. And that God will communicate to me. And that God will speak to me despite the ineptitude of that preacher. It's the Word of God. But it's got to be mixed with faith. It's got to be mixed with faith. If you want the promises of God to, to not just be dry words, but become powerful words of hope, you need to mix it with faith. And you need to pair your anticipations with faith. And then it will produce joy. But anticipations without faith are without hope and will produce fear. And, and do you remember, do you remember perhaps God's track record in your life? Do you remember when God did something? And I'm saying all of this to say that we have some things that we ought to anticipate. And I won't take the time, but in 1 Peter chapter 1, the Bible says we have a lively hope. And then he goes on about our inheritance incorruptible that fadeth not away you know what he's talking about reserved in where heaven listen this world is not my home i'm just passing through we're all sojourners in this life we're all pilgrims and 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 one day this light affliction which is but for a moment it's going to be the fire eternal weight of glory You know, sometimes we, our anticipations of this life, they're not mixed with faith. And we forget that we have a great anticipation of one day being in the presence of our Savior. We'll be in heaven one day, church. If you're saved here, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, listen, there's a promise of heaven for you and I. Isn't that great? I, I think about, uh, there was a, a, a preacher of yesteryear who, he just was a, a fireball of a preacher. He used to preach against everything. And so he, he jumped on a tram one day, and some guy tried to, tried to, uh, uh, tried to, uh, tried to stab him. The, the preacher stopped him, and he says, what are you trying to do, scare me with heaven? You know, the worst thing that can happen to a Christian is heaven. <laughs> and what hope? Listen, you're trying to live your life here. You're trying to go through the issues of life. Listen, anticipate heaven with faith. And then in 1 Peter chapter 4, he talks about those who die. We ought not to mourn like them who are without because they have no hope. So the, the, really the indication there is this. If we die in Christ, we have hope. And really that whole chapter is speaking about the, the, the coming of Christ and here's what I'm saying. We have a soon hope. Listen, we ought to anticipate the coming of our Savior and the rapture of the church. Hallelujah. That's, the Bible tells us, comfort ye one another with these words. And listen, uh, 
friend who, who's struggling, friend who's going through and, and you're, you're struggling to find hope, listen, we have a hope that is soon. He could call us any time now. I believe that. And I'm so glad, listen, I'm so glad this place isn't it. I'm so glad I, I've seen some things. It's been great. God's given me opportunity to see some things that I would never have dreamed of. But listen, I don't dream of this place. I dream of up there. I dream of heaven. I'm tired of this place. I'm tired of this robe of flesh that I must continually fight. I'm tired of problems and issues. I'm tired of unknowns and how things will go. Of decisions and then double checking whether that was the right decision or not. I just want to be sure. And I just want to get to heaven one day. And listen, with faith. With faith, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, faith, heaven and, and Christ's return isn't, isn't really a future hope. It's a current hope. That's your hope today. So whatever situation you're facing, joy is formed when we, our anticipation is mixed with faith. And again, I'm not sure what's robbing you of joy this day. Uh, perhaps there are troubles brewing that you foresee. Maybe your stomach is in knots because there are so many unknowns. Find your joy in anticipation of God's promises being fulfilled in your life. Find your joy in the fellowship of those who have joy. Find your joy in your anticipation, anticipation mixed with faith, believing. See, the Bible tells us weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Are we anticipating joy? Are we looking at Christmas? And yes, it's another Christmas season. But it's all about Jesus. It's about His soon return. It's about Him one day and us one day being together in, in, in heavenly places. And we, we have something to look forward to. Mixed with faith. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord God, for the time. And Lord, I, I don't know everyone's situation. I don't know the hearts. Um, Lord, many of us can be very private about the turmoil in our lives. And yet, Lord, you've taught us so many times and, and really your birth is really the greatest indicator and demonstration of it. That, that we as Christians, we as God's people, have so much to look forward to. We have so much in you to find joy in. And I pray that you'd help us this morning. With heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. I'm just going to have a, a time of invitation this morning. And I, again, I don't know your hearts. The piano can begin to play. I wonder if you're here this morning, if I were to ask you this question, if you were to die today. Would you know for sure that your sins are forgiven, that heaven's your home? So the great promise of the Bible is this. If you believe, if you believe in the name of Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. The Bible tells us, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here this morning, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. I just want to ask you to raise your hand, and I just want to pray for you this morning. And I want to pray believing that you will be saved. Anyone here, just say, Pastor, just pray for me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm saved. 
If I were to die today, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what eternity I will face. Is there anyone this morning just with an uplifted hand? And say, Pastor, pray for me. I don't see any hands. I, I pray that's true. Then I want to say, Christian, what are you looking for? What are you looking forward to? What troubles are you facing and you can't see past it? What unknowns are there? And Christian, I want to encourage you that we can look to Christ. We, we can look to heaven. We can look at His soon return. We can look at His promises of which He will fulfill. And I want to just, just with an uplifted hand, just say, Pastor, just pray for me. Just pray for me. God spoke to my heart. Just pray for me. See those hands. See those hands. Anyone else? Pastor, just pray for me. Pray for me. Anyone else? See those hands. Okay, let's all stand to our feet. No one looking around. If, if the Lord spoke to you, if you raise your hand, I want to invite you to come.